to dive right back into curses. We've been talking about blessings and curses and generational curses. I'm going to try very hard to finish what I tried to finish last week, and I'm going to go really fast, okay? So just put your, buckle your seatbelts. All right, now let's go. Um, Proverbs 26.2, Blake, I'm jumping right in the middle. Proverbs 26.2, like a sparrow and it's flinting. Like a swallow when it's flying, so a, curse is without ca- so a curse without a cause does not alight. Where I left off last week was looking at one of the first main causes or, or uh, roots of curses. And wherever a curse alights or lands or settles, there is a cause for. And the thing we've got to determine is what we're battling sometimes in our family. Now, Jesus did come to be the curse. We are not supposed to live under curses anymore, but we have got to receive what Jesus has provided for us. Right? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He paid the total price, but we have to receive that gift of salvation, right? So, so many times we see in our families this pattern of cancer, this pattern of heart disease, this pattern of dying at a certain age, this pattern, 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 and we need to wake up. There may be a spiritual force against us. As Joe McGee was talking, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but of principalities and powers. There are things in our life that's trying to hang us up. And part of it, we've got to find out, number one, is there a curse? Number two, what's the cause? And uh, um, let's see, let me jump ahead. Deuteronomy 27, 15, and this is where I left off last week. Cursed is the man who makes an idol or a molten image or an abomination to the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and set up in secret. All the people uh, shall answer and say, Amen. The first and primary cause of all curses is turning away from God and turning to something else. Turning away from God and turning to something else. And it is almost always the occult. Or having dealings with other gods. I believe it is the, one of the primary causes of curses. And if you dig deep enough, you will find out that it has probably happened either to you, to your immediate family, or on down your line. And you're going to see that those kind of curses are transferable on through generations. Okay, go, go do your homework. Go study. If you're battling something, it's time to start fighting God's style. Amen. Deuteronomy 27. So that, that's the first, uh, the occult. Second, Deuteronomy 27, 16. Cursed is he who dishonors his father or mother. And all the people shall say, why not? Amen. There's a curse that millions of us are under in the United States today. And the blessing is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Now, everyone here on the earth has a father and a mother, without exception. We all do. We all do. And it places us in the place between blessing and curse. There's very little room for neutrality. We either honor or we dishonor. If you want it well with you, you honor your father and your mother. It's a condition that God has laid down. You can argue with him as much as you like, but he's not changing his requirement. And you're the one that's going to get blessed. You're the, or cursed. You, not them. If you've got horrible parents, 
there is some way, some godly way that you can honor them and receive that blessing. There is, some, there is a right way. And it's not putting you in a position to be taken advantage of or to be hurt. There's a right way to honor your mom and dad. There is a way. I want you to know, you may say, Pastor, you don't know my mom and dad. No, but I know God. And I know with God, he can raise a dead marriage. He can raise that relationship. It may not be a perfect relationship, but it'll be a relationship that'll set you up to where you can honor them and get blessed. God doesn't lay a promise in front of you and then not give you a way to achieve it. He doesn't say things will go well with you, but I'm really going to put you in a position where you will never be able to do this, so it will never go well with you. God does not dangle the carrot and then never let us get to the carrot. God says, this is my will, this is my direction, this is how you get it. Honor your mom and dad. So you may say, Pastor, I have a problem with my dad. I have a problem with my mom. Okay, God, we're going to get down on our knees and we're going to pray. God, I don't want to miss a blessing. I want things to go well with me. That my days may be long. Okay, I've got a hang-up, God, in my life with my family, and I don't know how to do this. Father, show me how to walk through this. Lord, he's hurt me. There's nothing good about him. But, Father, in Jesus' name, I honor him. And show me how to honor him properly. Because I want my days to be long. I can feel the pain. I've got a great mom and dad, so I don't relate to those that have had just terrible parents. But I, can, I have talked with you. And I know we have challenging relationships. But I want you to know God has given you a way to receive his blessing. There is a way. I would encourage you, don't argue with me, argue with God. I loved Joe McGee talking, I, don't, I would not recommend this, but I loved how he said he sat in his, his reclining chair and started throwing his Bible up in the air and it was just tearing his Bible up. God, here's a promise, I don't see you doing this promise, why aren't you doing this promise? I mean, I was like, you're doing what? You're, you're... And he was just reminding God, God, I'm doing what you've said to do. Remember what you said. God loves to be reminded. God loves to be talked to and to be asked, why isn't this happening? God say, oh, good, I'll show you. I'll show you how. I feel like it's kind of thudding tonight. Don't, don't let that. God, I don't want to honor my father. I don't want to honor my mother, but your word says to show me how. Show me how. You know what? I want the blessing. Do I really want it? You know, there come, comes a time in your life, or there's come a time in my life where the rubber meets the road in my marriage or in a relationship, and how much do I really want it? If I really want it, I'm going to die to it. And I'm going to work things out God's way. And okay, God, there it is. And God says, okay, finally. Let me, let me throw a little blessings toward you. Let me bless that marriage. Let me bless that relationship. Deuteronomy 27, 17. Cursed is he who moves his neighbor's boundary mark, and all the people shall say amen. You know what that is? That's mistreating your neighbor. It is the funniest thing to go out and talk to your neighbor about a property line. Has anybody ever done it? 
I've had to do it twice and didn't see it coming. Had a tree that wasn't my tree fall on my property. And I was willing to pay for it. I wasn't going to them to tell them to pay for it. But I got chewed out because I cleaned up their tree that was in my yard. You talk about property lines, and then at a more recent home that we were living in, I just went back. It's got a weird property line, and I'm like, I'm not sure if this is yours or mine. What's mine? Like, well, I don't think it is, but I didn't know it's mine. I know it is. And just the sweetest neighbor ever until you start talking about a property line. And then every demon in hell shows up. Mine. There, there are feuds where people kill each other. We live in the sticks where people kill each other over stupid stuff like that. Uh, my, my dad can tell you about the Ramsey somebody feud from decades ago. What was the other name? You forgot. <laughs> Whatever. He loves to talk. Hatfields and McCoys, yeah. It says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself. Deuteronomy 27, 18. I'm just going to run through a few curses. Some of these get a little funny or awkward. Cursed is he who misleads the blind person on the road. That's the wrong attitude toward the helpless. Cursed is he, uh, Deuteronomy 27, 19. Cursed is he who distorts the justice due to due an alien, orphan, or a widow. Again, this is uh, with the helpless. Deuteronomy 27, 20, just right in line. Cursed is he who lies with his father's wife because he has uncovered his father's skirt. This is incest, which is far more common than you would believe. Uh, 21. Curses he who lies with any animal. Bestiality, 22 and 23. Curses he who lies with his sister, daughter of his father or his mother. Curses he who lies with his mother-in-law. Again, incest. 24. Curses he who strikes his neighbor uh, in secret. Um, murder, uh, 25. Curses he who accepts a bribe to strike down an innocent person. Um, uh, contract killing or a hitman. Verse 20, 26. Curses he who does not confirm the words of the law by doing them. Now, this is talking about coming under the law, and this is a pretty big one. I could sit here, I bet I could take a month and preach on this topic alone. That if we try to come back under the law, we've got to fulfill the law completely or we're cursed. We've got such a better deal. We have Jesus Christ who has paid the price. We're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. But if you try to get legalistic and try to start Start proving your salvation by your own works, by your own doing. You've got to be perfect. It doesn't work. Because I hate to tell you, you're not. You're not perfect. Thank you. (laughs) He still hadn't forgiven him. Just kidding. (laughs) Um. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 and 6. I'm almost done. Thus says the Lord, Curses the man who trusts in mankind and makes his flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. What's the essence of that curse? It is turning back to the flesh. 
it is not relying on God. It, was, it is relying on you or on, on man. And you know, that's key. The scripture was key in that blessing will be right in front of you and you won't see it. How many times have you had an opportunity that sat right in front of you and you didn't take it? You missed it. I can't, I can't number how many times I feel like the Lord's blessing was right there and I couldn't get it. This one's a pretty key one for me in that so many times I try to rely on myself or on my own strengths. And you know, when we rely on our own strengths, we turn our heart from God. It's one of the hardest things that I've, I, I am learning is that allowing... Uh, Robert and I were talking today about the five love languages and also about gifts and how finding out what your gifts are, finding out what your gifting is, so many times you, we just focus on what our gift is and not what our weakness, weaknesses are in those gifts. But how important it is to find out what your weaknesses are so you can strengthen them, not so you can tell everybody, well, that's just how I am, just deal with it. That's what works against us sometimes in gifting testings is it just confirms in us how we've been and we're just going to continue to be that way. No, it's so that you can find out where you're weak and strengthen it, get stronger. But so many times we find out where we're strong and we try, to, we try to handle everything in our strength. It's just the opposite. I need to take that strength and submit it to God, come under his authority and let him use my strength. Man, him taking my strengths and ta- putting his strengths with my strengths, man, I'm going to be unstoppable in that area. But when I try to stand on my own strength, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Well, when we don't acknowledge him, the direction doesn't come. So when I don't acknowledge him in my strengths, the next step doesn't come. And what happens? I step off a cliff. And I thought I knew everything. Can you see that that's where cursed is the man who turns his heart from God? Why? Because you've just changed direction and you're going the wrong way. Everybody with me? Galatians 3.1, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Notice the curse pronounced in Jeremiah. The man who trusts in man makes his flesh his strength and his heart departs from the Lord. Here Paul is relating it to Christians that have been baptized in the Spirit. Did you catch that? These are Spirit-filled Christians who have gotten off. They're trying to go back to the flesh. Man, I've been there. He says, you've received the Spirit, but how did you receive it? Interestingly, he says, was it due to witchcraft? Who has bewitched you? Can Spirit-baptized Christians be bewitched? Yes. Let me tell you, I was Spirit-baptized at 17, and I'm telling you, all hell came at me at 17. Satan doesn't just quit fighting because we receive the Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus received, when the dove came down and descended on him after baptism, where did he go? He went right into temptation. 
He was tempted by Satan. One more curse curse pronounced by the Lord, Zechariah 5, and I'm going to close here. Then I lifted up my eyes again and looked, and behold, there was a flying scroll. Verse 2, and he said to me, what do you see? And I answered, a flying scroll, its length is 20 cubits and its width is 10 cubits. Then he said to me, this is the curse that's going forth over the face of the whole land. Surely everyone who steals will be purged away according to the writing on one side, and everyone who swears falsely will be purged away according to the writing on the other side. I will make it go forth, declares the Lord of hosts, and it will enter the house of the thief and the house of the one who swears falsely by my name, and it will spend the night within that house and consume it with its timber and stones. Here again, it's a God-ordained curse that will destroy the complete house, and it is a house full of stealing and perjury. You know, just looking right here at seeing the condition of the United States home, we can see that when we get off, our home's going to break. The home's going to break when we turn from God. And how can we expect it any different if the home's breaking for the church to have a hard time? You know, as I, Rob and I talked, it's funny, all the subjects that we talked about, But uh, the problem with our nation is not the government. The problem with our school system is not the government. The problem with our nation is the church. And the problem with the church is the home. Can I encourage you guys? I have, I'm kind of on a little bit of a, of a, I feel like I've got a little bit of direction from God, and I'm just gonna, we're just going to pray and, and close. Um, but I've been asking every leadership group that I'm a part of, and I'm going to ask you guys, my Wednesday night core group, to take one day a month, one day a month, and fast and pray. One day a month to fast and pray for your church, for the church leadership, for the, for the church body. Now, what, what, you may say, what do I fast? That's your decision. It can be as minor or as major as you want to make it. I'm not saying to do an all-food fast. I'm not saying not to. One day a month, one day. I want to tell you by testimony that I have never fasted and prayed and not gotten an answer. Never. God moves by fasting and prayer. Now, I want to encourage you. When I fast and pray, I'm usually praying for the church. I'm usually praying for the body and the leadership, but I roll everything into it. I roll my family into it. I roll my businesses into it. I roll my finances into it. Man, if I'm going to be fasting, I'm going to load up because I'm not going to fast. I've got 30 issues. I'm not going to fast 30 days. God's big enough to handle my one fast. I can ask for everything. Now, if he calls me to fast some more, then I will. But if not, I'm going to fast my one day. It's hard to fast. And let me tell you, when you get hungry or when you get to craving, pray. If not, don't do it. You're just torturing yourself. The reason for fasting is to remind you to pray. So when you get to craving, pray. And let me tell you, the walls of Jericho are going to come down. They're going to come down over the church. They're going to come down over your marriage. They're going to come down over your finances. God is going to open up the floodgates over you. Why? Because he responds to prayer. 
Let me encourage you, pray for your spouse. One day a month. Can we commit to that? One day a month. I want you to know I'm, I'm, I'm committed to more than that over you. But I'm telling you, I'm committed right now with my deacon board, with my staff, one day a month to be praying for you. My leadership, my staff, myself, we are praying for you, for breakthrough. You need breakthrough. And we're in agreement with you for breakthrough. We've just added uh, four new deacons. Let me tell you, we've just added four prayer warriors for you. Amen. We, amen. That was a pretty weak. But anyway, we're praying for you. Now, Start walking in righteousness. When you've got sin, uh, again, that's another thing Rob and I was talking about. Sin is lurking, just waiting to get you. Resist. Resist it. And it will flee. All right, stand up with me and let's pray. We're going to take five minutes break for you to go get your children. And we're going to start our uh, annual business meeting. So I'll encourage you to just get out there and get your stuff and come back in here if you're a church member, 18 years old. Um, and and we're, going to, we're going to start. But I just ask you, I'm sorry, 18 years and older. What did I say? Oh, if you're 18 years old, you can come in here. <laughs> Only. Just kidding. Father, in Jesus' name. I just pray over this church body for blessing. That, Lord, that we would begin to recognize where there may be demonic activity that's trying to hinder us. And, Lord, I just pray again a prayer just to break that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, break that. Identify that so that we can break it. Jesus, you died to break that. And, Lord, right now we just ask you and we just give you free reign to show us what is lurking in our closet. Thank you, Lord. Nothing in that closet you can't take care of. You can handle it. And we don't have to be afraid. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, just bless this business meeting, Lord. Let us handle ourselves with um, all uh, honor and glory and bring glory to your name. Lord, I just pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done over our church, over our leadership, over our finances, Lord, over our future. I thank you for this church's future. Lord, I just speak right now the purpose and plan of God over Church on the Hill to be done and to be done through us and to be done in a great way that is pleasing to you. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus.